0: Pod YouTube page. What? The CT5s on the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. You can look at all of us. You
2: can get all the OG pods on YouTube too. At Count the Dings One on YouTube. At Citaphobe Pod on YouTube. Patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed. You can link it to your
0: Spotify. And now enjoy the show. Hey listener, Zach Harper here, Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, Fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works the pick 'em game. To 53342. New York call the 24-7 Hope line at one 877 8 Hope and Y, or text Hope and Y 467
2: So what do you think? It's Showtime.
4: Birdman hand rubbed.
3: (laughs) Birdman hand rubbed. How we always do about this time. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Showtime. I'm your host, Jason Madison. Joined as always by my co-hosts, Bethany Anderson, Anthony Mays, what up, y'all? How
4: y'all feeling? Hey, I'm feeling great. How you feeling? I know Good. you guys were watching some basketball. How did the outcome turn out? I didn't watch. Well,
3: it was it was winning time for John Morant. I'll tell you. It was okay. Deep. Yeah,
2: that's what winning yeah. time is. That's, it wasn't show time. It was winning time. That's for damn sure. Yeah. We put on a show, but we did it, guys. We did
3: Woo! it. We did it. We got a black dick. <laughs> well, almost. It was a light skin. I, <laughs> oh, come on. I felt like we
2: were going to litigate it later. We're still yeah. looking for darker shades of dong <laughs> yeah. on HBO. I but mean, a black you know, dick is a black dick
3: and, you know, we we
2: did it. I think yeah. it's because of us. It, I think Coming it is high. because
3: of us. I I think I think the creators, the editors, they listened to our podcast. They they heard our cries and yeah. they answered the call. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we saw Jamal Wilkes' penis <laughs> in the oh, that's in what the that show. Was. Yeah, <laughs> it was Jamal Wilkes. Yeah, it was it was very pale for a black man, but it is what it is. I feel like it was some. Uh, color correction or something on there. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they were under
2: the fluorescent lights of the locker room, Jason. You know, it was washed out. Right. We didn't get the right accent lighting. We didn't get the the pinks and the the light blues that we needed to really accentuate the dawn. <laughs> yeah, I've
4: always been confused, like, watching porn. It's like, sometimes you don't see the guy. You just see the girl, whatever. And I'm like, I can't tell by the color of the penis. Like, is this a black man, white man? Uh, Person of color, what's going on? Who is this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't
3: I don't like watching white guys in porn. Really? Yeah. Because it's just like when I watch porn I kinda wanna feel like it's me a little bit, you know? <laughs> and that takes the whole meanness of it out of it if I'm watching white guys. And they like fuck kinda weird too in porn. So <laughs> Wow. Just, yeah. All right. Well we're off to a hot start. <laughs> yeah. I, I
2: see what you're saying. Yes, it does. It would take you out if you looked at and all of a sudden your dick is white. It, it wouldn't be right. Yeah. But right? should we talk about should we talk about uh, a white kid with a a possibly black dick in this week's Atlanta? <laughs> I mean, what about you, Mace? How do you feel about that? Don't leave me hanging. No, I'm. I see what you're saying. It doesn't. It's but how not do you, the do you watch, factor for me. Do you, it's not the deciding factor? Do you watch black I do. I dabble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's too binary, man. Like we only got really black and white dicks out there. Like we need we are the podcast for dick equality, equality. Right. For all dicks. Not just on HBO shows, but also important. I want to see rainbow of dicks. I want to yeah. see all the colors. <laughs> but let's Thanks. let's talk about Trinity to the Bone.
3: Yeah. Uh, Chad Hanks man, to the man. bone. <laughs> made a, a fantastic cameo oh that was, that was right? yeah that was one be. of the best parts it seemed like they made the whole episode around that moment
2: kind of yeah
3: i'm with you on that
4: <laughs> it was kind of like a, a origin story mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> right yeah no exactly like it seemed like donald glover was was sitting in high one day and was like oh people are talking about chad hanks maybe they're talking shit about him and he probably thought like you know, I really wonder how he got like that, you know, and, and thought critically and seriously about it. And this is the story he came up with.
2: Yeah, and he's been sitting on this for a while, right? Because the Chet Hanks story is a little bit stale at this point, but he hasn't had yeah. a television show in a couple years. So they right. had this one, they had this one on the big board and it made the cut. They got their own episode.
4: I love this episode so much. My best friend of 23 years, Trinidadian her mom her accent i just love it so much i've gotten to know my my best friend her mom and her extended family that lives in georgia and being like seeing trinidadians on oh. the stage like this cuz we we really don't get to see much of them like we get jamaicans everywhere you know right. what I mean? They're all over when it comes to the Caribbean. That's that's who we're going to get. But to get Trinidadians just warmed my heart so much. I haven't had a chance to talk to my best friend about how she appreciated the episode. However, we're gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check in with her soon.
2: Yo, you should get her on the show for real. Like w- when winning time ends, we should bring her on for for the Atlanta episode and get her thoughts on the whole season. Cause she's the she's the one that introduced the concept of the white ally, right? Which yep. Is,
4: yep. Sure did.
2: Once again, once again, white allies on display. Yeah. We got we got the rich white family, mm-hmm. who thinks that they're doing the right thing. Really thinks that they're doing well, but then there's the whole conversation of, like, we should get a white person to raise our kids, or we should get a Chinese nanny. Oh, those are too expensive. Like, just yes. snitching on yourselves with that. But, but those yes. are real
3: bedroom conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when pe- when all the walls come down and people want to have the, the real raw conversations, that's where they happen. And that was about as authentic a uh, racial conversation, you know, you could get, especially when you're talking about your child. I feel like people get even a little bit more shade of racist when they when their kid is involved because you know yeah. they're very sensitive about that and um, yeah I thought it was it, it was very honest I really liked I felt like the dad was kind of like the opposite of the guy from the uh, reparations from the reparations guy like he he was actually he seemed to me like the good white ally like he was well intended like, you know, he his heart was seemingly in the right place, you know, when he's talking to his son about death and, you know, just even how he talked about race and, you know, like, even his, like, hesitancy to open her package, you know? He kind of didn't want anything to do with it because he didn't want to, to me, it seemed like he didn't want to feel like he was invading her privacy, you know, even right. after he, she passed. And he seemed to, you know, like I said, have his heart in the right place. And it was funny because even in that, like, He's kind of stumbling over himself, coughing up the, the hot <laughs> curry jerk sauce. Oh, whatever like, that, that was <laughs> the funniest part by far. Yeah.
2: Because it said mild. It said mild on the label. And he, mild? Like, yeah. He really died on that shit.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I noticed at the beginning of the episode, he's, you know, out running, listening to some rap I've never heard of. Yeah. Do you guys know what that was? Like, what? who was that?
3: I don't know. Might have been Paperboy. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Did you guys see the Paperboy flyers uh, in the parking lot? No. When he goes to park the no. car, there's Paperboy coming home promotion for a show in New York City. So I'm assuming that we're headed towards that. Is yeah. it? Or I guess that was probably Atlanta. I don't know why I said New York City. I guess I just assumed. But I think it was probably New York. coming home to Atlanta mm. for yeah. the the final. Episode, I would guess.
4: Yeah, I was, I was guessing it was definitely uh, New York because the the
2: building, right? I guess that's what yeah. Me it off. seemed
3: like a New York like city, the whole vibe, and also because of you know when you associate kind of like Jamaican, Trinidadian, all those people, Dominicans, that right. uh, you know you think no, New York. Because, mm-hmm.
4: And they also said that you know she migrated to New York from Trinidad. And oh, okay, right. right, right, right yeah. I knew Italy. I yeah. there had to be
2: some reason. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also wanted to shine a light on, I think that it was really cleverly written how the white parents, when they're thrust into actually raising their child, they feel all this guilt and they're concerned like, oh my god, are we doing this right, are we doing this wrong by having somebody else raise our kids, on and on. And the way they tied that all back together at the end, when at the funeral, the family starts losing it because they feel like their mom wasn't there for them was only there for these white kids like Chet yeah. Hanks in the back row and just that was a real nice parallel like it's a it's a, it's a systematic process where someone is always getting neglected right like right. The, yeah. these parents yeah they'd either be neglecting their kids but they can afford to bring somebody else in then that person is now neglecting their kids and it's just a cycle that continues
4: i have a great grandmother who moved to philly she used to work for, for white family she raised generations of of kids and you know we got family in north carolina who are growing up with other family members while she's up here you know making money and sending money back home so i definitely understood that whole dynamic because someone is Someone is being neglected, unfortunately. But you got to go out here and make this money.
3: How did how did to get it? how did the her kids feel about that? Her not being around. Um,
4: no one's really spoken about it, and yeah. even in this episode, it doesn't come out until the funeral, mm-hmm. right? You know, the the one daughter. The, her other two kids were fine. It was just that one daughter who was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Um, I saw that someone pointed out on Twitter that the daughter who had an issue was the only one of the three who didn't have like she didn't have much of an accent right so it shows that she really wasn't around her mom that much because she didn't pick she didn't talk like her I don't know if that has anything to do with you know her mom being around or her just kind of not having an accent to blend in with her friends or whatever in school because I know that's the thing too like you don't want to speak in this accent so you sound like everyone else
2: yeah that's interesting I mean I read her as the youngest child right? Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And her name was Princess. Yeah, of
3: course. Yeah. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. I love I loved the uncle the yes. uncle coming yes. in. Uh, I mean, my favorite part of the episode is when he calls the little boy small man as he's walking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this is how we sat. And I was like, that's yeah. perfect. That was a nice beautiful yeah. moment because he really like because it was funny because you see him in that earlier like kind of shilling himself to, to the family, like, hey, you guys need somebody to take care of your kid. But then you see he does have the ability to connect with the kid, like, very quickly, you know. And, like, he just has that energy about him. And he stopped the whole, like, you know, all of their activity, which is so crazy. Because it's like, I remember just kind of growing up and hearing about all of this stuff. My dad uh, worked at the cemetery for 30 years. so. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't go to like a lot of funerals, but I was around like all of that energy all the time, whether if I was like visiting at work or something. So you hear about people falling out and ch- falling out at the funeral, you know, yeah. trying to jump in the casket, like all of this stuff, like it's like stories I heard like a million times. And so to see them like kind of thrust all of them at once in one thing. And it's also kind of like, you know, common, like black things that you hear about, like at funerals. And they put them all, jumbled them all in one. And I thought it was like kind of hilarious the way they did it. And then he kind of like freeze frames like everybody like, hey, wait, like the white people are leaving. Like you're scared yeah. of the white people. Amazing. Um, Amazing <laughs> stuff. This is great.
2: Also, you got Chet Hanks running up and yelling world star. So not only is the <laughs> Chet Hanks joke a couple years old, but Chet Hanks in the show is about three years behind the culture yelling world star. Maybe more than three years. How long has it been what? since we were in the world star era?
4: But still, like th- that also shows something about Chet being raised by this woman. Right. He has his accent or whatever his name is on the on this episode. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. His name's <laughs> Chet. <laughs> it's Chet. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: and in all of this chaos, he doesn't sympathize with what's going on with you know this family expressing loss in this way. Instead, he wants to turn it into an internet moment. It's like, yo, what the fuck? I thought you were. I thought you were for the family and with the family and like here we are having another quote unquote ally really showing their true colors like ah mm-hmm. you really ain't about that life
2: all right there's only one thing i really gotta ask before we get out of atlanta which is what the hell is with that airdrop what was yo that? what was that airdrop is that something that happens someone airdrops the dad a- of oh. a
3: gooch Oh yeah, 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 bro. That see, that's the type of stuff that happens in the show. That's just like they just do it for the sake of being weird, like you know. Of what, course, what that's ki- what I'm saying. That was it. Was, what kind it was of not value? Necessary. Yeah. What 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 value does that add to <laughs> anything? Like nothing. I don't know. Was, I
2: I if it had paid off in any way, if it was connected to anything in any way, you know, maybe I maybe I missed the gooch. I callback, it. but yeah. It yeah. It was a weird, weird, distracting moment. <laughs> yeah, this is
3: not a Gucci quality podcast. No,
2: this is a this
3: is a zero tolerance <laughs> on Gucci's yes, getting yeah. airdropped at yeah, a funeral. We gotta, we gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah, right? and that's where it is, at the Gooch. That's where we draw the line. There it is. <laughs> it's very specific. Um yeah, no, I wasn't yeah, feeling it. I was that at trying all. to
4: figure that out. I was trying to figure that out because it was like I've seen some people talking about it on social media, like, okay, what could this have meant? Some people feel like it was like the caretaker spirit saying, "Hey, I'm trying to send you a photo. Like, I'm trying to send you something." That's the only correlation that rolling. you come I'm up.
3: I'm not with. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> the, o- the only other thing I want to to shout out to the show was the kid and how to, you know, obviously like they show chet Hanks is like the older version of what he is, but like. The way he was feeling the vibes in the church and like all yes, of his kind of like, you know, from from him wanting the, 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 you know, her season ends and, you know, she walks into class and all that. He was taking like so many cues and she was really raising him.
4: Yo, did you notice that when he was eating his, his bland food, he was watching the Proud family?
3: Yes. Yes, I did <laughs> notice that. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: rude me I'm like what is going on here but But, that's what
3: happens but you know basically i think that was part of the whole like them explaining the chet hanks thing and like how these white kids end up getting raised black is because they have black caretakers or you know caretakers from brown and black countries yeah only three
2: episodes left of atlanta folks we got three more weeks of it episode nine jason i think you're gonna like this episode description rich Wigga, poor wiga black and white episode yawn emmy bait why do they hate black women so much Question. Oh. Mark.
4: <laughs> wow
3: that's crazy
4: jason's face <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh my god did you write that they
3: <laughs> do exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm oh coming god.
1: yeah my, my my writing debut So here's the deal. Usually when I do these ad reads, um, I've never really tried the product until they became sponsors, and then they give samples, and I try them, and then I endorse them. Uh, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's fake. It's real. I've tried them, and I like them, but it's not like I've ever used these things before they became sponsors. Today's a little different. Credit Karma. I'm telling you right now, I've used Credit Karma to fix my credit, to figure out what the problematic things on my credit report was, to pay those things off, uh, to get a loan in order to pay off some of those things, to apply for credit cards, to get credit cards I'll qualify for, to take care of them the right way, and then to make sure I level up. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. I've done this, ladies and gentlemen, and it absolutely works. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free, and best of all, it won't affect your credit scores and can save you money Credit Karma apply with more confidence today. I am talking to you as someone who has fixed his credit using credit karma before they ever paid me to do this stuff right now. That's right. Ready to apply, head to credit karma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's credit karma dot com slash loan offers.
4: All right. Y'all ready to get some winning
3: time? <laughs> yeah, let's get it cracking. I got a confession. <laughs> I didn't. Oh. I didn't get through. I didn't get through my second take of it this okay.
4: week.
2: Okay. Wow, we're all we're all <laughs> slipping. You know, it's it's a stretch run yeah. here, and we're trying to good. make the playoffs. <laughs> they're trying to and make it's the. Just, fa- it's just tough, guys. It's, it's tough. Th-
3: it. I felt like Sally Field. You know, I was just. I <laughs> 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 my last breath. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no before we before we started recording, I was telling Maze that usually I take notes, but this episode I did not i just yeah me to too watch it. I just want <laughs> to watch it.
2: We're flying blind, <laughs> folks. we're throwing away the playbook, all right, that's we're right. just freestyling it this time, mm-hmm. but I gotta say we're eight episodes into the season. I thought this was one of the worst ones, oh.
3: yeah, definitely, and I think that's why it was hard for me to watched it twice. Not, I mean, also my schedule, but like, what? yeah, I, I agree with you, Maze, a hundred percent. Air high
4: five. Why?
3: <laughs> Boom, Birdman hand rub.
2: Why? Okay, so look, I, I like Sally Field a lot, but it was easily twenty to thirty minutes of the episode was her going out, okay. and it just didn't feel like she was enough of uh of the core of the show to like in an ensemble like this where we got so much going on it didn't feel like we should have shut it down as much as we did for her i i get it you know i'm also being kind of a bitter like heartless person when i say i i understand like it's just not what i'm really after and then i thought that the way they handled the basketball was some of the worst yeah like the basketball scenes we got were, were our man, Wood Harris setting back picks for Kareem in the post? Like every, it was like, what happened this game? Well, Spencer Haywood sent a back pick for Kareem, and he scored a layup. W- end of game. Next game, what happened? Same shit. And it's like, okay, like that's barely how they run offense. <laughs> like, yeah. That, right. The only other, the only other thing they do is dunks to Michael Cooper. Like they have no other things to show so that was bad and then it just the structure of the episode the countdown then we're in the playoffs then we're blowing through the playoffs and all of a sudden it's the finals I'm just like okay man I, they, they they handle that what so I terribly worried about all year of how are they going to pace this out and wow we spent a whole episode on training camp and we spent a whole episode on on this and on that the, it showed here they had to rush to get to the finale and it felt
3: forced. Damn. It, yeah, it felt extremely forced. I I agree with you 100%. Maze like they just fucking jammed it in and then just you know. That's what she said. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> they they climaxed way too fast. Like they oh And it wasn't cre- it was
2: that it is wasn't a cre- bad recipe right there. You don't want to do both of those at the same time.
3: No, but that's what they did. And then they there was no creativity to how they showed the playoffs or showed any other teams or no. showed, like, any tension about, oh, we don't want to play this team or anything. Anything that goes on in the playoff atmosphere, it was just, like, nine days, eight days, da blah, blah, blah. Like, and it was just, like, I don't care about these title cards. I don't care about Sally Field dying for 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> this show is supposed to be about the Lakers, the Lakers, not Jerry Buss's mom. You know what I'm saying? And it just – if they would have had a some sort of entertaining thing to bounce off of the Sally Field dynamic, I would have maybe forgave it a little bit more. But it was – like May said, the way they handled the basketball stuff was so whack. This was the wackest basketball scenes that they showed. And the only thing I could – And bank it should a, have been the best. Best. It should have been the best.
2: That's, that's and the problem.
3: Like, like the whole lead-up – and that's the whole thing too, right, is that – in reality, you know, at the time, people wanted to see the Lakers play the Celtics. They don't end up playing the Celtics. They end up playing the Sixers. The way that they didn't make that dramatic at all and nope, didn't, didn't. <laughs> just didn't get like they built the season up. Red Arback, Larry Bird, you know, like right. all of this building this tension up. Lakers, Celtics, these are the guys you got to take down. And then the way that they handled it on screen and the most like laissez-faire like oh we don't give a fuck oh larry bird's gonna look back at magic and talk to him through the camera like what that was fucking whack like show the celtics trying or caring or anything like show dr j beating the celtics because we
2: just met him last episode you know right. yeah yeah, yeah. it was
3: you're right yeah please, so that- please
2: balance out this podcast please <laughs> provide your your positive take I'm sitting it.
4: here now with the with the sad face no, because no, don't you, you guys kind of like off. changed my mind. No. I, really, I really enjoyed all of the Spencer Haywood that we got this episode. Because, you know, at the beginning where we're like, okay, Wood Harris is supposed to be in here. And then he shows up and it's like, why Wood Harris playing Spencer? Like, why this great of an actor coming in to play Spencer? It must be something serious. And we're getting to the meat and potatoes of Spencer and his drama. So I was really digging this whole storyline. Like, I get what you guys are saying about Sally Field. Yes, we could have done without about 15 minutes of of her on screen. And if not, we could have had more Jeannie, you know, with her, I guess, being shunned out by this job by her dad, where everyone thinks that she's super qualified for. And we haven't gotten enough of Claire. I need more Claire. She comes in, she delivers the good and bad news about which this is something that I completely forgot about that the playoff format was completely different that we had get a, a buy. Whole different format.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So the Lakers got a buy in the first round. Uh, Dr. Buss is trying to make his $3 million back. So he doesn't have to pay the great Western bank and, or he, or he can pay the bank and they don't own the Lakers outright. And yeah, Frank and Claire are there to let him know that, Hey, we just missed out on half a million dollars because we were too good. So, I mean, that scene was cool. And that's the thing. It's like those scenes are cool. But the whole thing with them, like, breaking into the house, you know, like they could have cut that down at least two, three minutes. I, I don't know. It, I just – I feel like the show forgot who his best characters were. You know, Pat Riley, you know, Adrian Brody as Pat Riley didn't get enough screen time. He never does. And- I think
2: they. I think they did a, you know – it was we're still playing out the jack paul pat power struggle like that came to a conclusion this episode i thought that was all right who didn't get any fucking time was magic right literally all magic got was oh i'm waking up in bed with three white women and (laughs) like ronda didn't have the baby and it wasn't mine anyways and i have proof but i don't know what that means because it's 1980, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was wondering,
3: like, how did he? How did he get proof?
2: I don't think they. Were, I don't think paternity tests were like a thing. Popping off no. in 1980, nah, nah, nah. I like that. I don't nah. know what that means, but yeah, I, it it felt when you build the cast up this big, people are gonna get benched, you know. And they, I feel like they benched the wrong people this episode. I feel like it was just poor timing. But let's talk about Wood Harris, because I do think that was really good. Yes. And Spencer Haywood. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite Butcher Turn Podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. Butcher Box is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust, delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at ButcherBox.com dings D-I-N-G-S and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year, sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Is deep, deep in the sauce. He's he's cracked out. He's passing out, sitting up at practice. (laughs) They have to shake him awake. He says, "I was meditating, motherfucker." (laughs) How? Then Landsberger, Landsberger (laughs) line of the episode, Jason. Yes, yes, yes. Pretty angry for a guy who's meditating. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. But I like I like what it what it generated what it uh, churned up with Kareem, Kareem felt really responsible for him. I like that whole side of it. And then we get to the vote, and so yeah. I put it to you, my co-hosts, are you keeping Spencer Haywood on the team or are you sending Spencer Haywood to rehab? Bethany, what is your judgment?
4: Amy Winehouse rehab baby, peace out. <laughs> Go take care of that. Get that monkey off your back.
3: Hey, you know what's funny? When I was watching it in the scene with um with Kareem and Spencer in the locker room, uh, I was really hoping for uh like a love and basketball type of uh <laughs> resolution <laughs> 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 where they go they go play on the forum floor for uh Spencer's ability to play on the team mm. still. <laughs> I would have loved that with Kareem's vote hanging in the balance. But um, Kareem being the stern man that he is, he already made his decision. And basically once the free will and Magic Johnson was on the side of tough love, he kind of left him with no choice. So, yeah, I mean, I would have let him play on the team just because you needed him. He was their only true four, as (laughs) Pat said. And he did end up playing on the team, so it was kind of an interesting like revisionist history because he does play in the finals. I I made sure to look that up. He played in two games in the finals, so I don't know if he got wow. fired. <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't You're know if they the benched 100% him like mid-finals or how, yeah. Oh man, he he might be the person to be most upset about his portrayal in the show, being that he did end up playing on the on the uh, final squad.
4: I went out of my way to not look up what happened. <laughs> Thanks Jason. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you know. I mean,
3: I I had to know. You know, it's just like that's some you can't dramatize that and then me not have the curiosity to want to find out. True. But but Wood Harris was great and I I started to think like is Wood Harris my favorite actor like ever cuz he might be like Ooh. I like I have personal favorites when it comes to everything. You know, I think most people are like that. A lot of people like who everybody else likes, you know, whether it's like Leo or Denzel or, you know, Michael Jordan or whoever your person is and whatever they do. Um, it's. I think Wood Harris is like, like kind of how certain people feel about, like, Cameron or Joe Button or, like, you know, certain people, like, really love, like, certain guys. I think I feel that way about Wood Harris because... I don't think there's anything I've ever seen him in that I didn't think he was great in. And for like the last 4 decades now, he's had iconic roles. Um Ooh. yeah.
4: Yeah. He has. I mean,
3: who's who's better than Ace uh Avon Julius and remember the Titans? Um I forget my man's name from Above the Rim, but I mean
4: Above the Rim, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, who could be be more Motom. more menacing, more menacing than Tupac in Above the Rim? Like, nice. you know, so yeah, um and he played he played the hell out of Spencer Haywood in that scene with Kareem, you know, when he's talking about uh the sharecropping. I thought that scene was mm-hmm. great. That was probably the best yeah. scene of the episode. I was wondering did they get Sam Elliott to play the random guy whistling? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys got that reference, but, um, but yeah, I thought that was, that was dope. You know, um, his whole speech about that and basically, like you said, be having the monkey on his back and trying to overcome that and, um, having big hands as a kid and just his whole journey and explaining that, I thought that was like kind of one of the key moments in the episode and he did, he did it well.
4: I see an award happening. I see an award coming his way. I don't think he really has won any
3: awards. I don't think he's ever. That's But that's the thing that I love about him is like he's so underrated. And it's crazy to be so good and to yeah. be still underrated. But I, I don't know. I think it's just like if you're not one of the top two, three black actors or you're not British, that it's hard for you to win awards. <laughs> right. You
4: know? So... We were talking about um, something last week and one of our listeners sent me a DM and said, man, y'all let Mays get that off. Jay-Z is the coolest nigga in history. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Um, So, (laughs) I think Jay-Z is cool, but I understand if someone doesn't think Jay-Z is cool, I get it too. Because sometimes he has like some moments where I'm like, okay. Like all these pictures of him like playing sports he looks awkward as fuck he doesn't i mean cool jay-z is is
3: unathletic as hell <laughs> like he is not like but he's still cool he should never be on a field or court or anything like that but stick
4: th- to what you know jigger yeah so
3: um. amazing <laughs> you not have anything to say to defend yourself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your terrible take look 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 look
2: look, <laughs> look 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 okay i didn't say that jay-z isn't cool i said he's not one of the coolest people like that is an exclusive club there's okay not that many people in it
4: so who's in this club
2: coolest people so we you know we threw this around a little bit we had some different ideas on it on how to approach it (laughs) prince prince is one of the coolest people out there and he does it in a way that is entirely his own because it's not really clear if anyone's ever really had a conversation with prince (laughs) it's kind of like people would just exist around him so in terms of being that cool there's there's not very many people on that level. So I now I'd pass back to both of you. You name a cool person and we'll see if Jay-Z fits into this picture anywhere.
3: Okay. I'll say I have two nominees. Um I think I may have mentioned one of them last time, but Andre 3000.
2: Okay. Perfect.
3: Is cool, right? Like nobody would argue. <laughs> You, Ice cold. Yeah, what's yeah. cooler than being cool? Yeah, I think that's one of the criteria is that, like, nobody would argue with you about that person being cool. And 3000 kind of fits that mold completely. Um okay. The other person I was going to say is Allen Iverson. I think right. Allen, <laughs> Allen Iverson represents cool, okay. like you know like any also it's like if any black person like you ask would say like they're cool without hesitation like that's usually a good litmus test you know like older or younger and like I think both of those guys kind of fit that bill Um, okay yeah
4: I mean I see guys you know not far from his age who have tattoos the exact tattoos that AI has on his body on their body because he was yeah. that fucking cool.
3: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you got to be that person like that. Other people don't mind emulating you and you and you don't even really get mocked for it either. You know? Yeah. So that's
4: OK. <laughs> so now that we were we were just talking about him. But Wood Harris is on my list. I think he's yeah. cool as fuck.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: He's just smooth. I don't know. I've kind of low-key had a crush on him for a while, but you know, that's, that's, that's another topic, but okay. So another person that's on this list that I don't really hear anyone talk about because we only got a chance to have him for a few years in the public eye, but Chadwick Boseman. And I can say this because I actually met him and in person, this is one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life, the way he walks, the way he talks. He just has a very commanding presence. When he walks into a room, the energy shifts in an incredible way. So yeah. Chadwick is on my list. Barack Obama, we mentioned him last week, mm-hmm. definitely on that list. Uh, Prince was my number one. He's yeah, the coolest.
2: I, I, I mean, like, he just doesn't even fit into any yeah. category. Like, he is an alien. Yeah. So, of yeah. course, he's the coolest because who doesn't want to hang out with an alien? Okay, I got <laughs> I got
3: one for you guys. So I was thinking about this. Because we didn't mention any women. What about Rihanna?
4: Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I feel like,
3: yeah, you know, because, and I don't want to, I don't want to, like, compare her to, like, you know, other, like, female artists or whatever. But she has a certain, like, coolness. Like, because other ones are, like, popular and you like them. And, you know, I don't want to, like, single anybody out. But, like, she has a different air about her. That's yes, just like you could
2: hang out with Rihanna. Yeah, like you, you would want to smoke a blunt with Rihanna, you'd like you would want to smoke dude. a blunt with Rihanna, eat some tangerines with salt on it cuz that's what she's addicted to now. She's pregnant. Yeah, And just just chill, just vibe, you know? Like that'd be dope. I got to represent for my white people out yeah. there. Harrison Ford.
3: Harrison Ford is pretty Solo. cool. Yeah.
2: One of the coo- like in his prime, yeah. even even as an old man, but in his prime, mm-hmm. one of the coolest dudes out there. I'm gonna go even further back. I'm gonna go even wider. Paul Newman, one of the okay. coolest dudes yes. ever to yes. grace the silver screen. Those are my yes. two yeah. franchise pillar white <laughs> picks white cool there. guys. That's my yeah, guys. I agree
3: with you on Paul Paul Newman. B. If you haven't seen The Color of Money, um you should watch that movie yeah definitely so I'm a huge Martin Scorsese fan and that movie is one of the ones that um just made me a huge fan and I watched that movie like 30 times and Paul Newman is cool as hell in it and it's it's so dope because you get to see a young Tom Cruise and he's playing he's playing such a good version of himself like a just a young energetic white dude who like kind of knows, knows it all like a smart ass and he plays it to the bone. And then Paul Newman is like the cool, wise, older, older man, like dresses, smooth, sharp, Mm -hmm. knows like the older black guy at the pool hall, like just Mm. as cool as you want to be, man. Um, So yeah, that was a great, great entry there. Maze. Yeah. He doesn't just sell salad dressing B. That's
4: right. right. <laughs> yeah, I gotta check what him about, out because I know a lot of people know him for salad dressing. That's crazy.
3: What about Arnold Palmer?
4: Hmm, I think
3: he came so. up with a cool I, ass drink.
2: I mean, yeah, I think that I don't know sports center commercial though. is pretty cool, where <laughs> yeah. he, they they see him make the Arnold Palmer live. But other than that, I, it's not like he has a, <laughs> a gregarious personality or anything. No, like I just
3: that. I just wanted to bring that up because you brought up the the Newman's Own. Was he the first person to mix lemonade and iced tea? Is that real?
2: Had to be there, man. I don't know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure.
2: We got anybody else we want to throw in the Hall of Fame here? Quincy Jones.
3: Definitely cute.
4: Quincy. Uh, Miles Davis. Light Jones. Jones. See, I would say Miles Davis, but knowing his... um, Domestic abuse history. Oh right, right. Got to take list. him out.
3: Okay, what about uh, Lenny Kravitz? Yeah, that's not
2: cool. That's not cool. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Right. Yes, Lenny Kravitz. Yes. <laughs> he's you know he's playing for both teams. Wait,
4: he's what? Hitter. His, the, his,
3: Jew, his, the Jews. That is,
2: Extremely Jewish.
4: Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> he he,
2: well, I mean, hey, man, '90s were a crazy time, all right? Maybe he did a little yeah. bit of that too. But you know what? I would say, I would say Lisa Bonet is cooler than Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, which is yeah. hard to do. But in terms of coolest couples, yeah, I mean, they got a cool
3: ass family. Even the daughter, yeah, Zoe, cool
2: ass <laughs> daughter. They got a cool ass. <laughs> Jason <Stepdad. Magdella> was <laughs> yeah. was dating old girl and now they're still friends like that yeah anybody associated with that whole family very cool
3: yeah they got it right (laughs) they got it figured out
2: okay i'm sorry i just i've been kind of casually googling here just to try to spark some some ideas i found a really dumb list top 10 (laughs) coolest people of all time number one jesus (laughs) (coughs) number two
3: bruce lee (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Number three, Eminem. Well, Eminem. Okay. See, I was thinking about Eminem earlier and he definitely does not go on the list. No, like, what? He like I I was because we were talking about Jay Z and I was thinking about rappers and I was like, you know who wouldn't go on my coolest list? Eminem.
2: Number four, <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> and I'm done with this list, folks.
3: Oh my god. No, keep going. Keep going. <laughs>
2: never gonna be jesus okay
3: (laughs) no yeah that's that's
4: (laughs) no you said eminem and me and jason were like what
3: (laughs) 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 keep going Uh, man we got who else is on that list
2: you don't trust me you don't you you really want the rest of this okay fine number five michael jackson (laughs) number six arnold schwarzenegger number seven (laughs) the rock number eight Will Smith, this list hasn't been updated since the Oscars. Number nine, Mick Jagger, okay. And number 10, Jimmy Page, that's right, the guitarist from Led Zeppelin. I'm sure that one no, was that, up on your list, right? What?
3: That list was all wrong. I, w- I wouldn't put list. it. Jesus is the only person who would have made my... <laughs> <laughs> my list Jesus is list. just
2: all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is just all right. Oh yeah. Oh, you know who's right. you know who's sneaky cool and and kind of just seems to only really be getting cooler is Seth Rogen.
4: I can see that. Yeah.
2: Now S- that he's Seth making pottery cool. and selling his yeah. own bougie weed, he's a cool man. <laughs> Representing mm-hmm. for the the not so handsome, you know, which is violating my list, which I should point out. I'm, Oh. That's one of the reasons, like, Jay-Z versus Seth Rogen. Yeah, see. I'm giving see. the edge to Jay-Z. I'm giving the edge to Jay-Z. He's yeah, cool. see, All you got to
3: tell the people wh- why you didn't include Jay-Z on your cool list because you said he's, he's not handsome.
2: He's not elite handsome.
4: Elite handsome, okay? Jay-Z is
3: a handsome cool. man. Yeah,
4: sure. He is
3: elite cool. I'm sure. sorry. Uh, <laughs> I have to... <laughs>
2: Top twenty. Maybe? Agree.
3: I don't know. Agree to disagree.
2: Whoever DMB can DMB again. You guys didn't let me get away with it. We <laughs> audited it thoroughly. All right. Like I hope you're happy now.
3: Wait. Okay. So before we finish the topic, I feel like there's one group of people who should definitely populate this list, which are comedians. And I don't like you said Seth Rogen. But Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is one.
2: Like, I don't care about his, like, current image. uh, Dave Chappelle is one of the funniest people in the entire world, so he's always going to be an all-timer for me.
3: Cool as hell. I mean, I would put Larry David in there.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, but, like, I think he's just funny. I don't know if he's cool. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with Larry David because, honestly, (laughs) I get, like, I can only watch so many curbs before I'm like, okay, time to stop, turn off my Larry David brain and just take a, Take a deep breath, you know, because he's relentless, man. He's fucking relentless. Yeah. But Leon, Leon in that show, that's a cool guy. Oh, yeah. JB Smooth is cool
3: as hell. Yeah.
4: All right. So, yes, Wood Harris is on my cool list. And this performance that he gave, that monologue, just, man, he's really, like, he just keeps going. He doesn't miss. Wood doesn't miss. Every project that he picks up, he brings his own style and flair to it and just turns it into his show. I love him. <laughs>
2: no, he's dope. No disagreement here. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. we, 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 yeah. This is a Wood Harris-friendly <laughs> podcast by all three of us. Yeah. I mean, all right, let, let's tie up this winning time. We got one episode left, right? This is it. It's the finals. We know that. We know what happens in the finals. They really tip their hand with the whole – Hey, Magic, what are you doing all alone on the forum court by yourself? Oh, I'm working on a skyhook. Oh, no, that's not a skyhook. Skyhook's like this. Aha, (laughs) foreshadowing. But other than that, which we know will happen, and they can redeem themselves with some good basketball in this finale. Like, show me some good basketball here. It'll go a long way. But what what else do we need from the rest of the characters here? Is there anything that you're looking for from anybody else? To come through in this finale.
3: Well, I I don't know if you guys started watching. They call me Magic. Um, did Not you? yet. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've seen some I, reviews. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna because I didn't take notes. I was gonna spend a considerable amount of time talking about it, but um I think the Magic and Cookie relationship is interesting. I didn't really like know the details of how it played out until I watched. I mean I know they're together and I know that she's been been with him through thick and thin but there was a interesting uh tidbit that <laughs> we learned through the documentary that she yeah. was not with him through his 5 championship victories at all. Uh and when I say with him like yeah they were together they were an item but <laughs> she was not in the same city as him in, in during any of the playoff runs um only during his last championship appearance in which he lost to Michael Jordan in L.A. at the form, which I thought was crazy. Uh, And people were comparing Magic Johnson to Future. (laughs) Same same Future had nothing on Magic. He's the OG. And, yeah, it's just I want to see more Magic. You know, I I want them the same way they gave – a lot of energy to Dr. Bust this episode in the penultimate episode. I feel like it should kind of be a setup to spend the same amount of time, if not more, with Magic in the last episode. And I really just want to get dive deeper into Magic's mindset. I feel like the way they set me up in episode 8 at the end, the conversation with him and Jerry West in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Magic saying, I want to win and getting that burst of confidence Part of what pissed me off of this episode is that they didn't really pay that off at all, you know. And they just showed them winning, but it wasn't really focused on Magic's energy. Like you said, Maze, he was waking up with three white women. And then, oh, now we're on to the next round of playoffs. We avenged the loss against Seattle. Like, we didn't even see anybody on the Seattle team. Like, what the fuck was that? Um, So, yeah, if you guys can focus on the basketball and focus on Magic Johnson and not just Kareem teaching him the sky hook, you know, more what his mindset is towards winning and why he doesn't need cookie there, you know? Um, Because obviously that's a part of his mentality of like, you know, some boxers don't have sex before their fight and Magic has sex, but he doesn't obviously want that emotional connection to get in the way of what he's doing. And that's, The thing that as foul as it is is probably what propels him to block out all the other shit and you know we see that in michael jordan in a much less i guess toxic way in relationship terms but michael jordan has his way in a in relation to the other players around him you know and magic is more inviting to the people around him but he just is a dick to his woman
4: yeah, I agree. I think because we started with that cold open with magic that we need to come full circle at, at some point and maybe end this with magic because that was just such a startling scene. And I know that's years after, you know, this first championship, but we need more magic because that last episode did not give us enough. What about you? What do you need to see, Maze?
2: What do I need to see? Lance Berger needs to get a dollar <laughs> time bucket, maybe a little celebration, you know. Something <laughs> like that. He's uh-huh. been marginalized for way too long on this show. And he's clearly been a uh, glue guy in the locker room keeping this team together. Keeping everybody loose with his one-liners. So that's, that's right. what I'm looking for. But you know what? I feel like we're headed towards Pat Riley putting on the suit and slicking the hair back. Even though that feels premature. It's really weird. Like they they really tease. You know, they got the Armani on the bed this episode. And he's got right. the jacket on. But he's no pants on. And he's like he keeps doing this he keeps touching his head but not all the way like with the grease so it feels like that's going to happen and that's going to be like his season arc but he's still just the assistant coach and you know they've been i think that's one of the better characters at this point but still feels premature for that so i don't know man i'm i want to see good basketball if they nail the basketball in this episode i'll forgive a lot and it'll just leave a much better taste in my mouth after this season, but I'm optimistic. I still got hope.
4: So what did you guys think about Jerry West in this episode? I loved his energy.
2: <laughs> I always love his energy, man. He was like,
4: daunted with that task of, you know, picking a coach.
2: It's on yeah. him again. After, after all, after trying to avoid responsibility all year, it's, it's back in Jerry West's hands. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I like that scene with him and uh, Bill Sharman when they're kind of waiting in the wings at the end of the game. And Sharma is telling him about, you know, his time in the army and basically saying we were 18 and 19, you know, year old kids scared of death. And every once in a while we would sit there and watch the game and we're thinking, like, what's so important about this game? Why do we want to watch this game? And then he was just like, but what else will we do? And like, it actually was that important, you know, because it's like, yeah, that's who we are. And so I, I loved his, you know, kind of. Taking Jerry's stress and and making him realize like, hey man, what you're doing is worth something, and it is mm-hmm. worth all of the energy that you're putting into it. I thought I thought that was a really nice moment in the show.
2: You know who disagrees with you, Jerry West. That's gonna do it for us this week on Showtime, the podcast about the show Winning Time, based on the book Showtime, which airs every week on HBO, not Showtime. For Bethany Anderson, Jason Madison, I'm Anthony Mays. We'll see you next time for the real finale, the real winning time. And then after that, we'll keep talking about Atlanta for a couple more weeks, and then the great unknown. See you next time.
4: Peace. Peace.